Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did that like you uh, had an exhausting morning. Well, no, I've, I've had a long week, I guess you can say. So, but I slept really. Good How last many night. days were your week? Um, I don't know. You well, said you had a long week. I I have five days in the week, and then I got two on the weekend. So I was yeah. wondering how yours was longer than that. Well, I root. I I um. Oh. I roofed a house, so that makes it longer. Inevitably, it makes my week longer. I know when Darcia says that she had to work hard all day, it goes by faster than when she didn't work at all. Yeah. My days go by fast, but my body's like, hey, man, chill, bro. And I'm like, mm, can't, money, you know? But I wanted to bring, I wanted to kick this show off with something. Hold on, hold on. What? Mark, you said his body. Yeah. On those long days. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm he so, don't even know what it feels like to be this old and already and still doing the same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to try to keep up. Like, I really want to start taking care of my body better. That way it kind of lasts a little bit longer, you know? I know. Use it up. Get rid of it. I know. Oh, you right? know, that's really good advice. If I could go back like 15 years, I would regularly decompress my spine. Oh, really? I'd, oh, yeah. I'd have to go oh, back yeah. to birth. What do you mean? Like stretch it out or something? Stretch it. Yeah. yeah. There's ways yeah. that you can do that. They've got tables like at chiropractors. They put a belt on you with weights, and it pulls your spine apart and pushes you back together, kind of like an accordion. Uh-huh. I would have done that as a as a maintenance program, beginning in my 30s, late yeah. 30s. But we don't we don't even think about that stuff when we're young. Like you you look back. I look back at stuff that I should have been doing. You know. You know, when I was younger, and then if anybody would have told you to do it, you just would have laughed at them and be like, "I'm going to be young forever." Here's nah, the funny man, thing, I was though. Bulletproof. Here's the funny thing: Do you change your oil regularly in your vehicle? Yeah. Do you rotate your tires? Yeah. Do you do get tune-ups and change out your air filters? Yes. Do you do that, Mark? Regular mm-hmm. maintenance on your vehicle? None. <laughs> okay, do you get the transmission changed out? I'm purposely missing your obvious point. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For some reason, we will take care of all our equipment better than we will take care of our body. Yeah. I only got one skin. You don't get another skin. You can't transplant it. But we but we don't take care of it. It's like we're here for a good time. Like we understand. Like everybody has FOMO, fear of missing out. Like we we all feel like we have to experience the good stuff now, and and then you whoa, know. Whoa, 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 whoa! FOMO. You never heard of FOMO? I've never heard of FOMO. Fear of missing. No, out. I, I like, understand the fear of missing out. That is a cell sounds technique. Sounds like some of that YOLO stuff. <laughs> yeah. You only live once. Yeah, it's like, oh boy, this LOL. is text. This is text information. Because see. We were talking about this the other day. The reason that they came up with all these little acronyms, is that right? Acronyms to mean things is because when text first came out, it was charged per space. Per space. So you cut down your spaces and get your point across, right? And mm. and not only that, but we had actual phone keyboards that we mm. had to dial yes. like three. If you wanted like an O, yeah. you had to do the L L L. You had yeah. to do the number three times to get five, it to five, switch. Five, five. You know, I had to do that too, right? <laughs> like I'm the, I remember, I remember when people, when text messaging first came out and people would always message LOL in there. And for like a couple months, I was like, what does that mean? 
mean? And then finally I couldn't take it anymore. And I had to ask someone, I was like, what does LOL Lots mean? of love. And they're like laughing out loud. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. This will never catch on. <laughs> now it's like one of the biggest things of all time. Yeah. Well, actually, no, now it's, now it's, it's considered not cool anymore. LOL is? LOL yeah. is, is like, it's really? the Gen X or it's for older people. It's the Gen X or version of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The millennials are like, dude, we're done with LOL. How old are you now? 38. Okay. So you were probably about six 16. or seven oh. when AOL had all the chat rooms and stuff yeah. where you go in and do all the chat rooms. And that's I where all that sixth originated. Grade. Sixth grade is when I remember like chat rooms being popular and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of that stuff um came from there and then transferred um, over to texting when uh phones first came out in 99 where where there were prevalent. I remember ASL in 98 98 9 and 2000 I remember ASL from chat rooms they would ask ASL and that means age sex location people mm-hmm. want to know your age your sex and your location right yeah. off the bat that was at the beginning of all those and I had a little avatar that you could run around in chat rooms and go and talk to people I'd make mine look really cool. They'd be like, I'll, be, uh, I'll look like that in real life, too. I went to the same chat room, talked to the same people all the time. Yeah? What chat room were you Because at that particular time, it was called Witty. Um, at that time was when I was going through all my knee surgery. It was a stuff. chat Woody. group. It was a, hey, Woody. hey, Mark. Witty. Witty. Hey, Mark. It was a chat group for people who hate secular music. Yeah. <laughs> now, I listened to secular music back then. I've, I've gotten wiser since. Yeah. True. Oh, witty, not woody. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> witty. Yeah, I won't go there with jokes. I have like 10 jokes pop in my head for that one, but we're not going there. This is a Christian podcast, okay? Well, we that's can't the difference that. between you and me. You've got an impulse filter. Do yeah. not, I do not make me look up. <laughs> oh, I wanted to bad. Bio language. Do not, do not make me look up bio language and problems. There's like 30 of them. It wouldn't be hard. Yeah, no kidding. They're all over the place. So I wanted to go over this Corrupt lips. <laughs> real quick because before I forget, because this is when Pastor Gary left last week, he brought me a magazine and it was a ma- magazine that goes out to all the, um, like the pastoral staff of the, um, the assemblies of God and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he particularly wanted me to read, um, a, a passage that talks about, um, it's called the de-churching of America. And it's something that really concerned me because I was talking to him before we shot the show last week and how I was talking about that everybody goes through ebbs and flows in their walk with God. Everyone, it doesn't matter who you are. Like you're not going to just be on fire for God all the time. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're, um, well, at least your motivation to be, right? I know you're on fire for God all the time. I understand that. I, and I agree no, with I, you. I, I, look, I completely understand. I, yeah. I really do. And, and no, there are times that Darcia has to encourage me. There are yeah. times that I have to look to Dar- just look at Darcia and get encouragement. There's times that I've called my buddy Mark and to encourage him encourages me to, for me to need encouragement. Yeah. Same way with you. But in the church too, you like, yeah, um, there's several guys now I've noticed. And I used to scream it from the mountaintops. I'd tell everybody I would, I, cause I was a Christian still, I'd pray in the parking lot on my knees and stuff like that. But whenever the ebbs would come, uh, the low points of my walk with God and stuff like that, whenever I wasn't in church, it made it impossible to resist the enemy. Mm -hmm. It made it impossible. In church, when you're staying plugged in with God and you're at least refilling yourself a couple times a week, 
um, it really helps you stay away from the enemy and helps you stay at least in a good median baseline of being plugged in with God instead of just completely walk away. If you're not in church, it's a real danger of completely backsliding as well. Like you could you could go full fledged in a backslide. And it got me thinking. And I wanted to say this because I remember I was um I had like a half a little row of pew out there of my family there. And I remember God told me, um God told me he said that um, it's because of your obedience that these people are here. And it made me super happy that because I was being obedient, um, that those people were there. And then I heard him say that if you continue to be obedient, you're going to fill many more churches across the world with many more, many more seats and many more churches across mm-hmm. the world. And I read that article and it really put me on fire to not only to be obedient to God again, but to help the rechurching of America. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of getting people back in church. Yeah. We are. And that brings me to my next statement that I want to say to the listeners of this podcast. Um, Larry, Mark, and I, we are not your pastors. Um, We are not your church. Um, We love that you listen to our show. Um, We are grateful for that. And we hope what we do here encourages you. Um, And even I hope it helps you come closer in your walk with God. I hope we've done that for you. But this is not your church. Um, You need to be in a church. You need to be in a good church. You need to prayerfully consider where God wants you to be. You got to learn. Hopefully we've taught you um, at this point how to listen and discern the voice of God. We've all struggled with that in the last 51 episodes. We've all struggled with that. And you've heard plenty of us discuss that. Hopefully you've learned that from us at this point enough to where you can go to God and you can find your own church that you can go to. And we hope you still listen to us, but we're not your church. We're not your pastors. And we just, we, I think you need to be in church and I think you need to help be everyone else be in church as well. Like a lot of people think that I'm a a little bit more, um, passionate about this than, than most people. Because I am adamant about being here on Wednesday for ambassadors. I am adamant about being here on Wednesday night. I, I can, I'll change my whole schedule to be here. And the reason why is because I seek after God. I have to, to stay refilled so that I have it in me to be able to witness when I'm outside these doors. But when you constantly pour yourself out, you need to be refilled. And the only place that you can get refilled is in a Bible-believing God-fearing, the Holy Spirit-believing, Jesus-loving church. I mean, there's no deviation from that. And the only way that you can get filled is reading your word and going to church. Yeah. I remember I remember this brings me to, like, I remember whenever I first was getting that concept about getting refilled, and then I thought to myself, like, where to where do pastors get refilled at? And I went and asked Pastor Gary that question, and he did. He didn't really have an answer for me. Like he, well, his answer was that he has. To, he's had to learn how to refill himself, but he kind of chuckled at the answer. And so that brings me to my next point: love on your pastors because yeah, your definitely, pastors definitely. are having a really hard time usually. Um, and so you need to love on your pastors and appreciate what they do. Often underpaid. Um, and they are underappreciated and they're doing a lot more. They're not just stepping up on a pulpit on Sunday and t- 
talking for 30 minutes and calling it good. Their job's a lot more than that. Yeah. Oh, they're doing Christian, they're doing marriage counseling. They're doing death in the families. They're doing funerals. Those, those men are always put in a place where it's being pulled out of them. How many and, times I got to run to the hospital for a quick visit? I mean, you know, right. and we expect the doctor to always be on call and to always be there for us. And I've thought about this before too. I've, I've often told my wife, how, what do these guys do to refill? Yeah. I asked pastor Gary and he, he like chuckled for a second and he said, well, and he like hesitated and it's like, you know, if, I, that's I, why like some of them have pastors themselves. So yeah. it's obvious they must well, like, yeah. Like pastor Kevin's a presbyter, So he's there to help other pastors as well. Yeah. So he's got that additional load there. Pastor Gary is now retired, but yet yeah. he has, he's more active now than I think when he was, you know, pretty much full time. He's up here all the time. His time with God. That's, that's why he talks about so passionately he gets about alone with God. Yeah, yeah. When he wakes up in the morning and he has that time with God, that that's the most important. The, that's non-negotiable. There's you a, know? there's a part in, uh, uh, I can't tell you the exact verse, but it's in Matthew where, um, Jesus was talking to the lady at the well. And then they came back and said, you know, you, you need to get some food. And he goes, I have food that you know nothing about. That's the food that we learn to as, as pastors to, to draw our energy from is the word of the Lord, the bread of life right here. And it's different in the substan in the sustaining of our energy. It is different than the, uh, the spiritual energy is different than the body's energy. Mm -hmm. But you still have to tend the fire, no matter where you are in your walk. You are personally responsible for trimming or, or tending the fire of the Holy Spirit in you, right? We we consider it like you know filling your oil and trimming your wick. Yeah, you know. Well, the same thing is you know you you've got to poke the fire and stoke it and throw it in some more wood every once mm -hmm. in a while. And I'm gonna tell you, if you'll stand before the Lord in all honesty and humility and say, "Lord, throw another log on my fire." Make my fire burn bright. He will make your fire burn bright. Yeah. There's some things you ask for God, you get it right then, you know, and he makes it. That's why I say that, like, that a relationship with God, he reveals himself over time with you by communicating with you, but he doesn't communicate like me and Larry and Mark are sitting there talking. That's not how he communicates with you, mm -hmm. but he makes it obvious. I want to tell you, my buddy, Stephen, I talked to him on the phone today and he told me that he, you and him have the same Bible. Now that's awesome. But he fully confessed today that he believes in God. We just need to get him in here. Huh? We need to get him in here. He's on the road all the time, um, but I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would eventually. But That'd be awesome to sit down and, and speak with him and, and kind of go through what, what changed. Well, yeah. You know, where did you find that? We kind of talked today about it, and he, you know, like, like we talked last week about me. I don't know if this was on the show or off the show, but when we were talking about. Was it because I hugged him when he came and visited? That's was why. that it? He said that was it. See, yeah. just one hug from me, and he, it turned him to the Lord. Truthfully, if we. if <laughs> Magic Larry. Truthfully, if we wanted to give anybody on this podcast credit, it would probably be Mark, unfortunately. Yeah, no. He listens to Mark's words more yeah. than more than anybody it else. It seems like the unbelievers tend to resonate more with mark yeah, I, yeah. I, I, and then the believers awesome. with you and then i get the uh, everyone just kind of talks crap about me <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's only due to your humility yeah everyone's like everyone's like the young cocky guy let's beat him up until but um anyway yeah he 
like we talked last week, like we're ministering to the most difficult group of people that we could possibly minister to. Um, even if someone had an inkling of not that the people themselves are difficult, but the group themselves, you know, but even if they had an inkling of like, maybe I, maybe I should look into this. There's so many hoops and things they have to go through to believe like pastor Gary was saying, like, it's not that way anymore where in America that you just preach a sermon and then a million people come down and give their life to the Lord at the end and you give them a pamphlet and go home. There's a lot of checks and balances that you have to go through now. And that's where he's at. He's, um, he say he's still growing and he's still growing, but he's putting time effort. He's praying. Um, that's what I was excited about. Um, the fact that that's where I've known that God is real in my own life is through prayer. Um, so well, yeah, I know I, that they're good. I think it's interesting. You know, we were talking about that, you know, I'm not your pastor and you're saying getting to church, you know, that it's very biblical. Uh, we have Liberty in Christ. Um, but the Bible says specifically, do not give up meeting together lest you fall into unbelief. Right. And, yeah. you know, that dovetails really nicely with the guy that I worked with for a long time that said, yeah, we talk to God vertically, but he answers horizontally. Yeah. That means through other people. And if, if you lock yourself in a room and pray for God to send you lunch, he's not going to shoot a hot dog through the keyhole, right? <laughs> yeah. You got That's a good one. You got to open the door. <laughs> you got to get out, and you got to interact with people. We limit God. We yeah. limit His power in our life and the way He operates, um, because He operates through all of us. Yeah, and and, and you know that do that. That also points back to God being a blessing. Mm-hmm. God uses people to bless you, right? And if you are so prideful that you're praying for God to, Lord, I you know, I have been there. Okay, I I truthfully have been there. And I have prayed for financial assistance. And then somebody walked up and gave me money. Yeah. Said the Lord placed you on my mind and I I wanna give you this. And my first thought is, Oh, I can't take that. I'm I'm you know. No, that's that's wrong. I can't I can't take charity. And how how is how God, else God gonna give it to me? Right. How else <laughs> is God gonna help you if you isolate yourself? You hang around with ungodly people, um, and then once a week you watch something online or you listen to something, and you're wondering, how come I don't feel anything? You know, we're made for connection. Yeah. We're, we're made. And, and so, like, for me, just I started going to church again, and then I got hooked up with a men's group. And then I made some friends some with godly men in there. And then in moments of weakness, I have some people I can talk to. And I I believe that that is the Holy spirit, the will of God talking through them to me. And I can be strengthened by that and get new direction, make good choices. Don't have any of that. Then, you know, I'm just going to end up wondering why he doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. But is that a one way street with the men's group? No, no, absolutely not. God puts those guys into you where they can speak into you, but at the same time, you have wisdom to give to them. Absolutely. And it's when, when they, because we're on that group text, you know, we're able to see somebody needs prayer. They got to ask for prayer. And here's the magic of it. Even though I may not be feeling it at the moment, when I submit to God's authority, when I let his words funnel through me, some change happens inside of me. Yes. And then I'm like, holy 
moly, that wasn't me that just talked and it made me feel like I have purpose. And suddenly my little plans and my little problems seem much less important because, you know, I'm connected to my God yeah, spirit. I couldn't tell you how many times somebody has called me, you know, one-on-one um, and wanting to have a conversation, needing some assistance or needing some biblical advice or just needing somebody to hear them, just, just to hear them. And I'm listening, and at the same time, I'm going, Lord, I don't, I don't have a clue what to say. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to have to. I don't understand what I need to say to tell them. What do I do, Lord? And this is all in your head while you're trying, you know, while you're listening. Lord, give me the words. Lord, give me the words. And then all of a sudden, out of my mouth comes stuff that doesn't come from me because I don't have that kind of knowledge. Exactly. And it starts yep. flowing into them, and. I feel when I get out the phone, I feel as charged as if I had called to encourage to get encouraged. Yeah, like, maybe we just described how the preachers recharge. Could yeah. be because yeah. when you're plugged into that, you get system. the Holy Spirit on you, man. It's, I'm the same it's like way. the Matrix, man. When you're plugged into that system, yeah. you're you're like a battery conduit, but but you're getting. The spirit of God that's filling you up. That's been yeah. the same way what since I was in my twenties, dude. Um, like I would do the same thing where something would happen and I would just start, I would almost like black out and I'd be talking about something about God and then I'd wake up. But you know, when I was in my twenties, I'd be like, dang, dude, that was cool. I'm sick. I'm like, you know, and I'd pat myself on the back of my head, but I would feel that recharging too. But now I recognize it and be like, you didn't do nothing, dude. Like, it's almost like you, you black out and then you start you start talking to people. And that's why, like, I don't really worry about, I mean, this show stresses me out. Don't get me wrong. Just because we're always facing conflict right in the face. Like, we're always facing uncomfortability. But, yeah, that happens to me a lot to where I just, like, black out and it talks. And then I feel, like, super pumped up and excited that, that we got to do it, like, you know, I'll give you an example where that guy that was a pagan came on and God answered my question and his question at the same oh, time. Yeah. That's like the most resounding one that I can think of to where I was like super pumped because God answered my question through me. That was just so, so weird and so cool. It was fun to, fun to watch. But yeah, I felt, I feel like one of our goals in the show is I want to, I want to help get people back into appropriate churches that appropriate are appropriate is yeah, a good word that are going to that are going to handle you with care and not um, that's more worried about leading you to Christ rather than um, purposing their own agenda or fulfilling their own purpose of their own uh, humanly and worldly agenda. Because as you know, when you read the book of revelation, there's only one church that Jesus wrote a letter to that he didn't have anything bad to say about. So I do think you need to choose wisely. And I think you need to like, like I said, um, weigh everything against the word. I think we've probably taught you, um, taught you how to do things in your walk with God, just because we've sh we've been willing to share our experience as we're going along. Not that we're teachers or anything like that, but we're just willing to be open. We don't really have any skeletons. We've we've told even Mark a few times has been like, oh, I don't know why I'm saying this, and he just and he would go off and say it, and then he at the end of it, he's like, oh, that's good, but. We've shared with you guys a lot, a lot, a lot of personal, personal stuff of our lives, and we hope that's helped you, but um, it's just like you guys saw Pastor Gary last week, how he spent years and years and years of studying so he can bring you the true gospel, 
we haven't done that. We haven't done that. We are not people um, that you should be pastored by because we have not put in the time and the energy to do that. Am I wrong on that? No. Scholars. We're not scholars. Yeah. We're learning just we can, like y'all can. We can you get know? you in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. But if you but want Mark to, don't know how to paddle. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to grow and go somewhere. And Zach's in the, the back community. throwing a football against the wall. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being able to trust God in each and everything has given me strength in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Because I know that I can depend on him when I cannot depend on myself. Yeah. I, I, I don't have the words. God has the words. But anytime somebody's given you a word, whether it's good meaning or, or whether it resonates with you or not, always weigh it against the word. Yeah. You guys you know, want to join me in the rechurching of America? We're already in. Sure. You with me? We're here. Okay, everybody that's listening right now, if you're in the comments, um, type in the comments that you're with us in the rechurching of America. Even if you're atheist, type in the comments. No, no. I'm kidding. You know, <laughs> you know, I use so many times the, uh, um, I want to say this, that, that I would get angry at the word deconstruction. You know, a deconstructionist and stuff. Do you still get angry at it? I see it in a different light now. Yeah. And here's yeah. why. Here's why. I have a prime example sitting right here. Okay. Mark is a prime example of needing to deconstruct from what he was raised up as to what it truthfully needs to be. At first, you so at first you were like, eh. And then well, now yeah, you're just like. Just a word went through me like somebody speared me. You know, because, yeah. but there's a difference, you know, um, I had to deconstruct a little bit from the dogma of the rules and regulations that I was raised with so that I wasn't fighting that and I could go forward fully. Sometimes deconstructing you know, is good then. Who was the great deconstructionist? Christ. Christ, man. Yeah. You know, Boy, he all did of you too. people who are deconstructing your religion, just know you're in good company. Just don't go too far. Yeah. You know, yeah. Christ deconstructed, and they killed him for it. You well, know, we have a lot of people that, you know, you can identify, even like Coco, and, you know, he's on the team and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, he's doing a pretty good job with the clips I've been paying Isn't attention. he? Yeah. I like it because, um, you know, I know God picked him to do it, and I know Coco doesn't think that, but <laughs> um, uh, God picked him to do it. And so, and most of the time, I just don't even tell him nothing. Like, um, I just. I noticed his art or his artistic is different and I wouldn't have done it, but he posts some videos that I would have been too scared to post too, but need to go out and the topics and stuff. And so I like watching, watching it because it's my, it's, it's not my platform. It's God's platform, but hear me out. Like it's what I created. Right. Right. And so I, a, a portion of me wants to protect it right. a little bit. Control it. Yeah. And so I'm very, I'm very cautious of what protect. I put out. Yeah. I kind of keep this bubble in and him, he just pops it. Boom. He pops it out. And I, when he puts it out, goes, oh, I want to put that out, but I know it needs to, you know? And so it's just kind of cool to watch this like artistic different shine. And he's been doing a really good job. I haven't come across any yet. That's made me cringe. Well, it's not really cringe. It's just that the topics well, you see things a different way. Than yeah. I, I can see them as a consumer. Yeah. Even though it's me talking, I can ignore that part of it and just see, you know, like if it's me talking or you talking or Mark talking, but 
yeah. on those. I can ignore that part of it and, and to listen to the message. Yeah. And you being a creator of I'd chop it up. Yeah, yeah. You, you're looking at things a whole lot different. Like I'm going to look at the big picture all, all together on the screen. And Mark's looking at the lighting one, right. And this wasn't right. And that wasn't right. You know, yeah. all of us have our different, different avenues. Yeah. I just, I try to protect it and I try to make, I try not to like ruffle any feathers and stuff like that. And, and, um, oh, I mean, we I talk about, so he's out there, he's out there, he's out there scraping. Yeah. He, bit. he kind of, he, he'll post, he'll post the topics that will get people talking in the comments. Well, very good. you know what I mean? That'll get people like both sides kind of chatting at each other. You know what I mean? He posts the topics like. It's not, it's not like he's making us say anything that we didn't say on the show, but like if Larry would say something, getting fired up about something, I'd be like, I'm not writing that down, you know? And I'd be like, I, you know, I would be, I, I would skip that. I'd be like, the world's not ready for this yet. Or if I said something that I thought would get me in trouble or something, because you know, the podcast audience is much smaller than what the clips go out to. The, the clips go out to millions of people a month. So like that goes out to a much larger audience than what the, the full length podcast does. And so it's a little more, you know, it's a little more scary to put those out, what you're putting on those than the, well, the controversy podcast. sells. Cause I don't edit anything out of the shows. I'm like, if, just in case you want it, here it is. I've edited out the pause when we're calling somebody and that's it. You can have the full unedited version. Here it is, you know, but yeah, I've been paying attention since I've been going over the older podcast and kind of going through there and picking moments for next week a little bit and i wonder if you've been doing that yeah i'm i'm a little bit behind but i'm working on it but we um, just really need topics we can talk for two hours easy well yeah that's that's not the problem <laughs> but you know um i've been noticing on facebook that blake has been acknowledging my every time uh, yeah and it's every like, time yeah it's like uh, you know, okay, well, maybe that one resonated. Maybe this one, but I mean, it's like every time now, and I, I'm like, wow, yeah, thank you, Lord. He's talking thank about you, Blake speaks fire from. He's a big uh, Christian creator, um, and he goes. I think he goes around to schools and stuff preaching. He, um, I think he overdosed at one point, and he and God completely changed his life around. Mm-hmm. He's on fire. I mean, uh, that that part is yeah. definite. He likes every one of your. Um, <clears throat> and for those of you that don't know, Larry posts a. Um, a daily like Bible study. He, he does like a Bible study every day and then posts like his own synopsis of what he finds that day. And he posts it on Facebook. Um, now is that the only place you post it? Well, you, you, oh, yeah, you send yeah. it to a lot of local people and stuff, but oh, yeah. on social media, that's so he posts um, it to Facebook. So, um, and which, like I said, man, that's really cool that God's giving you that platform because we have 14,000 followers on Facebook. Yeah. I now. never really understood that and but i and my wife has pointed out that sometimes i'm a little long-winded yeah. on that but you know what honestly what? no what? no wait a minute <laughs> no no i honestly she's completely if, out of line Larry. if you're gonna if you're gonna be long-winded in those it's fine but the i like that you um what you do is you put pair you paragraph a lot and that's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. true. Well, yeah, I mean, there's gives people in bre- it gives people breaks, and then you capitalize here, put a bunch of punctuation. So I don't mind it for content. Like 
just yeah, do, if it's do what part, you think. If it's part of my morning meditation. Why don't you let Larry be led by the Holy Spirit? It, by it's, I agree with her. I'm going to take okay, up for down, her. Calm down. Calm because down. It's I'm, all right. I'm in television and we talk in sound bites. So it's like, get to the point. Yeah. Get to the point. But if you're in a morning meditation or if you're really in search of something, I love them. Because you, you can go in, you know, if you're doing the typical, you know, tell me what I need to know so I can move on, then, then yeah, it's, it's not yeah. for you. But if you want to read and dive in. I can't watch good. movies anymore. I can't watch TV shows. I can't. Might I have as a well, very then. short uh, attention span. So the fact that I don't read and doesn't say nothing, just because I feel like I've always got to be doing something different. Bop, 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 bop. I'm, I'm always moving. I wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and I'm gone. So I, that's why I don't read it. Well, yeah, that is, that is, look, I've sat down many times. First off, it's not for my glory. It is for the glory of God. Yeah. It's God's words, not Larry's words. It's, it's God pulling out those memories when I'm using something as an example. Um, he gives me the verses straight up. I just got to look them up and find out what the exact address is. Cause God doesn't say, Oh, by the way, Matthew six thirty three. <laughs> you know, yeah he says seek ye first the kingdom and i'm supposed to know the rest of it okay let's All get right? let's get to our guest before we, we've been getting long-winded on these intros it's fine but let, let's get to our guest okay wait till next week today this guy's name is zach which is a really cool name no oh boy but this is an old friend of mine actually um i i put out a video um a couple days ago and i'm sure you've seen it um i don't know if you follow our account on social medias anywhere but um i try not to Oh, right. Because yeah. I'm there. Yeah. And then someone says something mad, and then Mark will figure out where your address is at. And then me and him will go wearing. I'm mean, kidding. Yeah, I'm I have going that to problem. Hard. That's why I'm not there. Well, I have bricks, and he has ski masks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm just kidding. Larry's got rope. Larry's hey, got rope. let's all go. We need is duct tape. Renegade, or what do they say? Uh, regulators. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm not, I'm hey, not, guess what? I'm it's winter. It's winter, and we're getting bored. Man, we need a blizzard. But anyway, um, this is an old friend of mine. Um, we still, um, I talk about going out and. Um, and um, watching fights, this is the guy I go watch fights with. But um, I'll introduce him more when he gets on here. But um, I put out a video a couple days ago saying that um, I was really felt like God was calling me to um, talk to Christians that are struggling with their fa uh, faith. Um, I don't want to say lukewarm Christians. You guys know I try to stay from like religious talk and um, triggering, um, triggering. Um, um, terminology and lukewarm to me is probably a triggering, but people that maybe consider themselves Christians, they just don't do a whole lot with that. Um, and Zach says that he's kind of been struggling with that a little lately and he wanted to talk about it. So I think it's going to be perfect and, um, I'm excited to talk to him. So let's get to him. Zach. Hello. What's up, dude? What up, dude? Hanging. Um, so I, but I wanted to introduce you as this. They had their own intro to their phone call. Did you catch they, that? They've got like their own language. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, and I'm like, so I'm not, I feel left out, Larry. Yeah. Well, you guys are going to get left out. What did he just say? I've known him for longer than I've known you guys. So, Oh, so now you're going to throw that at So I've told a story several times on this podcast, and I wanted to just bring this up, but something that motivated me in my walk with, with Christ was I was working with this guy. This guy trained me to be in the roofing industry, essentially. 
and everybody knows now I own a roofing company or whatever. But whenever I was in training, I'd hung out with this guy for a couple years. This guy knows me like really well. Um, uh, I've told him pretty much all my personal stuff and stuff. And then um, one day I had mentioned or somehow mentioned that I was a Christian. And he said, oh, I never knew that. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, it really oh, That's is. the one that told you that? This is him, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are you going to introduce yeah. him, or are we just going to act like we all know him? Well, he knows you, I'm sure. He's listened to... You know these guys, don't you, Zach? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, First let me go around the room. For, huh? Hello, Angela and Darcia. Hmm? Hi, guys. Want to get y'all out there first. He said, hi, Angela and Darcia. Yep. People know you now, Darcia. <laughs> Um, Angel, is not here today, by the way. So Mark's running the, running the stuff by himself. So, okay. But yeah, I'm going to go around the room and introduce everybody. You got my executive producer, Mark, you know him. Hey Zach. Yeah. Cool name. And then my buddy, Larry. How you doing, Zach? It's nice to meet up, you. Buddy? Nice and then to meet I, you. I'm Zach. You know me. I'm, I'm, um, I'm tan and ripped and, um, Yeah. I'm just very, in very good shape. But very you, vocal. But you know that. And the reason that he's so vocal about that is so that the rest of us will actually notice it because without his verbal pointing to it, yeah. we wouldn't be able to notice Exactly. It. Most people listen to this, they wouldn't know. So take a line. Take, take a line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what we would always be sell, out selling roofs. And that was one of our things is we would introduce ourselves as Zach and Zach. And I'd be like, I'm the cooler Zach. And then he would roll his eyes every time. <laughs> That's awesome. Because <laughs> he's like, this this joke's getting old. But yeah, so what what bothered me the most about when he said that is because every now and then, because we had hung out for a couple years, you know, every now and then we would take shots at each other. You know, we would take shots at each other, getting little arguments and little piss, you know, like little pissing matches and stuff like that. But when he told me that he never would have known I was a Christian. He just said it very just matter-of-factly and didn't he didn't mean anything by it. And I knew it because I had gotten to know him really well. And that's what worried me so much about it. And I don't know if Zach knows this, but that's probably the single most thing that spurred me off into devoting my life for God. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. That it, cool that. It, that, that's the moment where I was like, well, I've, I talk to God in private all the time. And, um, it's right. I mean, God says in the Bible that he spits lukewarm Christians out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty, he says some pretty scary stuff in there. And by definition, a guy that had hung out with me for two years, if I was an on fire Christian, he should at the very least know, right. That you even believed in God. Yeah. And he he didn't, (laughs) and that scared the crap out of me. And so that's what kind of, um, Spurred me a bit to be well, Zach, a little more I'm vocal. Gonna, I'm going to personally say thank you very much for hitting him upside the back of the head with that. That's You're welcome. I, I, yeah. I, I've taken over that physical attribute now where I, you yeah. know, every it's once like in a while I have to hit him upside the head. It's Yay, like Larry. In, it's like NCIS up in here. <laughs> you know, he needs it. He's probably still needs it for something. I just don't know yet. So the reason why you responded to a video I put on TikTok about basically people that were struggling with their faith or people that call themselves Christians or don't do a whole lot to it. Do you think you fit that? Um, I, I do. I do in, 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 in my way of multitude of ways, um, shamefully, but it's the truth. And 
a lot of the reasons why I feel that way is because of the internal struggles that I face on a daily basis that when they're actually, as soon as I watch the video, I'm like, Oh, that's me. That's me. That's a lot of me actually. Um, the belief, I would say the faith in which how I carry myself and how I pursue my day to day is what struggles. The belief is strong. It's the faith and, and the outward expression is really what, what I struggle with. <clears throat> so you believe you believe in God a hundred percent. That's not that'll never yeah. shake. But you're saying you're having um, you're having trouble of uh, figuring out how to outwardly express that. Yeah, like in a nutshell, you kind of segued it perfectly. I was the I'm you and how we met. Yeah, and <clears throat> and and it's a lot of things. Um, you know, I. You know, if, if I'm doing something, for example, like I, I'm right as I'm doing it, I'm not thinking, I'm kind of careless. And then immediately once it's done or it's over with, I feel immediate shame because I'm like, that's not who I am. That's not what I believe in. You know, that's not how I want to represent myself. And that's the and Holy Spirit. That's a conviction yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And it's, and it's not a, it's not a happen every once in a while. I mean, men, we're talking that daily struggle and I'm not saying don't beat yourself up, but that's really cool. That's how I knew I was saved. That's, that's a really cool thing to have. Like, um, and I don't think it should allow you to settle in into that sinful behavior. Of course not. But, um, in Hebrews, it talks about that you should rejoice whenever God disciplines you and that Holy Spirit convicting you when you do stuff like that, that is a sign of discipline from God. Mm -hmm. And it says in Hebrews that God does not discipline a child that he does not love. So you should rejoice in the fact that you're being disciplined by your father because if you weren't his son, he wouldn't even waste his time on you. Yeah, I can really identify with what he's talking about because, you know, I've known my whole life that, that God was God. I accepted Jesus Christ at 12. Um, there was a long period of my life where I, I knew that I was still under, the, I could, I would say I'm a Christian, um, but I was still, and I'm not saying Zach's doing all this, but my lifestyle was uh, drug, sex, and rock and roll and, and during that period. And, you know, I was still listening to secular music. I was still going out to bars with my friends. It was like, my beliefs weren't reflective in my behavior and I couldn't the idea of, and the, but that was always in the back of my head. Jeez, you know, I shouldn't have said that thing. I, you know, I can't believe I, I let that come out of my mouth. I wasn't very nice to that person or man. I may have gone a little too far last night. I think I drank too much. I'm kind of getting tired of this or right you know, going to a concert that, you know, like Iron Maiden where, you know, number of the beast thing was walking around on Eddie was walking around on stage and I was seeing all the satanic Im imagery thrown at me. There was a thrill in one side, but then there was always my spirit in the other side that was saying, this is not what I want for you. And it was so, what was the magic thing of trying to live what I believed? Cause what I thought was one thing the way I acted was another thing. Yeah. Whether it, you, whether it, you believe it or not, there's a spiritual war 
mm-hmm. going on all the time. And the spirit inside your body is at war with the world. And if you're participating in the world, of course you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to be at war with your spirit. And that's one thing used to drive me nuts is during a lot of time of rebellion in my life, I, my mother would constantly tell me, son, you know, faith without works is dead. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, Ugh! <laughs> and that would make me feel even worse. And then I'd kind of go over the other side and try to push all that out of my head. You know what? One thing I was thinking about today that I wanted to mention to you, Zach, was another thing is I think a lot of the times we're a lot, we're as humans are a lot smarter than what we give ourselves credit for. God has implanted a lot of things into us subconsciously that we are aware of, but we don't process it mentally. Because here's what I can tell you about the switch that when I made, um, and Zach on the phone right now, he witnessed this, he witnessed the switch in person. He watched me switch. And one thing that I guarantee he can testify to is whenever I made that devotion and I announced it at the workplace and everywhere that I am going to be following God more closely and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that, my life got noticeably more difficult. Oh, absolutely. Noticeably more difficult. I was being um, targeted. Um, Hold on, Larry's headphones. Zach, talk real quick. I'm hearing you okay and you okay, but he's like really low. Oh, you made sorry, Sorry, Zach. I'm wanting to hear what you got to say. I really can't do that, Larry. I mean, he's at the level he's at. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit louder, yeah. Yeah, you may just talk a little louder, project a little bit more. Remember, um, I'm deaf. Yeah, Larry's old. Um, but You're we, older than Zach? Yeah, just a little bit. Considerably. <laughs> oh, I'm old enough to be your dad. He walks like a he walks like a penguin that got injured by in a rock fight. It's actually, guys, real quick, funny story. It's actually funny, the dynamic, because I watch all y'all's episodes, the dynamic between Zach and Larry is 100% the dynamic that was me and Zach. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I, I, called, I called him. I've, every old joke that you could possibly come up with, I've hit him. It's yeah. Funny. yeah. So you're considerably younger than him? No, but not, no, not, not as, at all. Not as like, but yeah, he is younger, but not as bad as me and you. Like, I think I'm eight years older than Zach. No, mm, like six. No, you're closer to 25 years older. What? I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I like, no, I'm not. like, wait a minute. <laughs> not He's bad. not that old. Um, um, so how old are you, Zach? I'm 33. 33. Okay. You so, didn't even pick your pin up for that one. No. Dang. Well, okay. he's, he's in between my kids. I mean, you know. Yeah. Just like you are, you're in between yeah. my kids. So, yeah, yeah. that's just. I really Y'all just that. kids. I remember being 33 and of dual-minded. I was a, a double-minded person. You know, the Bible talks about that, being double-minded, having one foot in and one foot out, being on the fence. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's what I was because I I just couldn't argue with God, but yet I just didn't want to go all in like the book says. I didn't want to sit all the way down. I had too much stuff that was still sounded like fun out there. But my question for Zach is, my question for Zach is, is like, I kind of understand where he's at right now because like. Let's say he does want to go all in. How? What's your? What well, do you, you think he would pro- do? Are you trying to protect him, or am no. I am I allowed to go what, at it? What 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 I'm saying? No, you can you can be a dad to him if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Zach. Do you go to church? Yeah. I don't. 
Okay. I mean, do you live I, anywhere? Okay, do on. you live in anywhere near us? I live in Newcastle. Then get your butt up here to church, son. <laughs> Good grief. That's fun. I mean, um, listen, I'm, we, we I, have so I, many I've ways to help you. To, I've converted to what they call a CEO Christian. I, um, I Okay. So what is then that? I'm expecting to see you on Christmas and Easter? Yeah. Okay, listen, I'm – you. I'm, I, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be – all right, but not, this, not this, this, okay, but this is going to be really difficult for me to say it because it's going to be hard. But I'm going to say this: I have. If you're only going to church on Sunday, you're not going to church enough. Right. If that's the only time that you're thinking about God, that's not enough. And I'm telling you, if you're a CEO, you you're not a Christian. Christians yeah. Christians is C H R I S T in capital letters. You are a representative of Christ. To be a representative of Christ takes more than two days a year. It takes more than 52 days a year. It takes being a representative of Christ in everything that you do. All the time, 24-7, that's a representative of Christ. Right. I guess, like, let me me give a little bit of background real quick. Quick. Okay, before you really, do that, I just want to make okay, this point. Oh, uh, it sounds exhausting, Larry. That's my flesh yeah. speaking because at at that age, I remember going through that, and my family would tell me that, right? And I would just be like, Ugh, I just feel everything run out of me. Yeah, like how am I supposed to do? I, that? I don't if, know how to do that. If yeah. Zach hadn't have been watching, okay, first off, if you hadn't have been watching, and I know you're younger, and I remember that I wasn't I that to. focused on that, but I'm going to tell you, do you know football stats of the OU, OU team? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Now, let, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare something. Hold on. My wife's trying to get my attention, too. Uh, everybody's <laughs> everybody's jerking the reins on my mouth right now. Okay. No, you're good. Oh, you because I can I anger people with this. <laughs> well, you're not making if me nervous you know at all. More, <laughs> if you know more football stats than you can name verses in the Bible, then football's your God. That's fair. Um, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Larry just dropped. Uh, hold his on. <laughs> hold on. The reason why I'm allowing Larry to be this way because I feel like it's a different I feel like it's different. We're talking to a Christian. Like, yes. Right. I feel like it's different. I feel like right. it's okay that he's being a little hard on him, you know? Right. I would never well, I would never let him be this way with a unbeliever. No, I would love to challenge you to to become more involved. And I don't care. Listen. It is only beneficial to you to be more involved in biblical understanding. Bro, you're you ha- you're the leader of a company, a much bigger company than mine. You're the leader of a much bigger family than mine. You have a lot, a tremendous amount of responsibility on your shoulders. And being a leader is hard. And I've always known that. But now I know you know even more so than I do now how hard this is being in the positions that we're in. Cause me and you are essentially in the same position except add the ministry onto me, you know? Right. But we're essentially in the same position of responsibility. And the older you get, I mean, Zach's got a big family and I just saw your post on Facebook. Yeah, it's getting bigger. Dude, <laughs> another one. Oh, really? Yeah. How many kids you how got? How many kids Zach? you got, Zach? Uh, this will be six. Oh my goodness. Son. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. 
I, I thought my three daughters were the handful. Yeah, and he's got all of them. What's your age groups from? From uh, thirteen. Hold on, thirteen, eleven, ten, nine, two, and then this this one will be born in May of next year. Yeah. Whew. Wow. You need God. You need God to be the center of your life. Because, dude, I, there's no way. I was telling Pastor Gary last week. I think I did this on air. I was telling Pastor Gary last week. I was like, God's putting me in all these leadership positions, and I just don't feel like I'm cut out, cut out for them. You know? Yeah. It's, it's hard being a leader, man. It's so hard. Do um, you... Let me think this question through. I had it, and then it went away. So do you it, know the Muffin Man? The muffin. I have a question. Yep. Zach, you were going to give us some background, and I, I, I'd like that, and I'd like your thoughts about it. You know, you said that that kind of spoke to you, and, and tell us where you're at. So um, I grew up, my, my, my grandfather is actually a pastor of the Wanette Baptist Church. Um, I grew up in a Southern Baptist family. Okay. I grew up Saturday, Saturday morning. Or sorry, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and every Wednesday night going to church. All right. Up, All right, up until about, I would say it really started to kind of peter out around 13, 14 years old. Now, mm-hmm. um, obviously, I couldn't get myself to and from church. Um, I had some family stuff come up between my mom and her ex-husband. And uh, that's really where, not, I wouldn't say disdain, because I've never hated church. Never. Um, I've never disliked going to church. It was the dynamics around going to church that started to kind of leave a negative impact. So you hear, you, you know, I hear you guys talk before about church hurt. I never was hurt by the church. No one's never offended me. No one's ever upset me. Um, as growing up Southern Baptist, of course, that's hellfire and brimstone. You're getting preached. Two, you're getting preached at, not two. And that was that was the churches that I went to. I'm not going to generalize Southern Baptist, but I'm just going to say the churches that I had attended was Hellfire and Brimstone. Um, they didn't necessarily lead you to heaven. They scared you away from hell. That's oh, the best way I can describe that's, that. That's a good analogy. Um, and so, uh, go ahead. No, go, go, go. Keep going. And so, for me... It wasn't, I mean, you got to get you got to know me. I mean, I'm, I'm a very loud, eccentric, fun-loving, easygoing person. And so to pretty much have the Bible thrown at me, you know, rather than help me understand, help me get to know, help me find my path, um, it was just, it was, I was led by fear. And I'm not going to get scared into anything. Now, I will say I was baptized at five years old. Um, And as I've gotten older and I've done my own reflection and my own thoughts and and, and kind of my own study, so to speak. I mean, guys aren't going to give me the quote many Bible verses. Do I know them? Yes. Do I know which, where, which book, which verse? No. But at that was something that as I've gotten older, I've thought about, especially because I've, I've got two kids that are set to be baptized. Um, my, my 11 year old and my eight year old. And when I tell you that they are on fire for Christ, that's not that, that's, 
I I can't describe it any other way. I mean, they are on fire. Where do they and go to church at? They go to church at their Newcastle? Um, they go to, actually, so custody situations. My 11-year-old, she goes to Landmark in Purcell oh. um, every, every Sunday with her mom. Okay. And, I mean, they don't miss. And then my son, uh, we go to Victory in Newcastle. So, Mark like went said, to Victory, I, right? Mark, you went to a Victory church, right? Yeah, I don't know if they're affiliated with the one in Newcastle or not. So there's the, really this one is, a, is an extension of the one in Norman. Ah. The one in Moore? Yeah. Norman. Norman. It's Norman. So That's I don't Victory, think they're affiliated. Victory family. Is it? Yeah. Mark, Mark, goes here, yeah. Mark goes here now, but he did go to a Victory. Well, what Danny yeah, was yeah. saying was Victory family was a shoot-off of Victory, but they're no longer associated. I got you. And They're then, associated so with the, Jesus, so yeah. that's what matters. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, so. And but go ahead so, with what you're saying. And so back to what I was saying, you know, when I tell you that they are on fire for Christ, that they are. And I mean, in situations like that, no credit is given un, except for unto, unto the Lord. But I, I had zero affiliation with that other than taking them. Does that make you, you know, feel bad? No, because someone's doing it. Yeah. At least they're there, and yeah. At least they're there, at least someone is. Now, I feel like if, if I were to kind of be bummed, I feel like that's pride getting in the way. Like, oh, that should be me. I should be the one doing that. But this is where I think differently is I think everyone needs to find I, – I need to find my path and my walk in my life Exactly. Before I could ever lead anybody else to it. Well, and that's what I was kind of saying earlier. Like where, like everybody knows to attend church, read the Bible and pray. Everybody knows that, but, and you know that, but like he's, he's the type of person too, that needs to be involved in something for him to be on fire. Like, you know what I mean? And that's kind of like what this podcast has done for me. This has helped me stay ignited for God. This show has. And right. Zach would need something similar to that. You know, well, I, mean? I can understand that. And perhaps that's why I'm part of a, a men's group on Thursday night and a men's group on Sunday night is because I desire to be continuous. All right. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, we got a, bre- we got a, a veterans breakfast on Saturday. So I'm, I just found out that we're cooking for that, but it's that serving that, Keeps me focused on God. And I'm going to ask her, oh, man, I am trying not to ask hard questions, but I'm going to ask you a question. Larry, ask um, question. Well, I'm, say, I'm saying this in love. I, I am saying this in love. Um, if you're, you have a son, right? You said son. Okay, good. Um, if you were to die, okay, mm-hmm. And so your fa- the father is out of the picture. So now the mom has to take care of everything. Sons typically step up. And now he's got to figure out how to do certain things, and he'll fill certain responsibilities that, that have been placed on his shoulder because of your absence. So he's going to end up having to teach his brothers and his sisters things that the dad should have or the dad could have because the mom's a little bit too busy now that she's working 12 jobs to pay for the house or, you know, I, you you understand the picture that I'm trying to paint here, right? Absolutely. Would you want that on your eight year old? Well, no, absolutely no. not. Okay. No. 
Now I will say that I, right now he could lead my family to Christ faster than I could. <laughs> probably could, probably could. But you're yeah. you're expecting him to be the spiritual leader when you, as the father, are destined to be the spiritual leader of your family. Now, can I say this with conviction? No, I have to say it softly. And the reason I have to say it softly was because I chose not to do that. You made the mistake. I yeah. made the mistake of not being there for my kids. And through right. that, fortunately, my mom was a very prominent spiritual leader in my family. Yeah. Without her, where would my kids be now? My kids would be the same place that my youngest one is right now. So yeah. far away from the church that all I can do is pray. So it affects my heart a little bit. But I want you to understand the, the significance of the father leading the household in the spiritual warfare against this world. Because if they don't have that that strength to hold on to and to be led by, it tends to disrupt the whole family. No, I, I 100% agree. And, and, and I, and that's, that's back to kind of what I felt like this whole conversation was going, was going to be about was, do I know that? Absolutely. Do I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, obviously I, I've said I, I am a believer, you know, it's not one of those things where, if Christ is brought up, I'm like, all right, all right, let's shut this down, guys. You know what I mean? I'm not, an, I'm not atheist. I'm not, uh, really, I don't even know, agnostic. I don't even know all of that. I've never entertained it. You know, I've, I've, I've heard of most of the things that I know now from listening to you guys, you know, and we and talked a lot about God when we were in the truck before, before I was, and we, you, you've never indicated that you didn't believe ever. Yeah, like, no, I mean, no, I'm a full-fledged believer. And, you know, follower is... Practicer, um, I'm, yeah. I'm put, I'm well, I told you, know? you too, I told you too, life was going to change when you hit 30. And I could see, <clears throat> I could see it, um, I could see that happening. You know, like you're, yeah. when you turn 30, life, you realize that life ain't a joke anymore. It's not a game. Like, this is, this is serious, you uh, know. When you get 60, that's when you realize it. Yeah, Your for time me, is short. For me, it was 46 <laughs> Man, this, when I suddenly started realizing it was a late like, bloomer. Really, at 30? I mean, I, look, I understand. I, I really do because I lived in the world, and I grew up Pentecostal. Yeah. And, I, and I've said on here numerous times, I never doubted God. I didn't follow him, and I, and I put cotton in my ear so I wouldn't have to listen to him. Yeah. But right. he was still there with me. He was still giving me conviction. He, was, he still kept me from flat-out killing somebody. Yeah. Several times. Yeah. I mean, like, I he, just, he reminded me in the back of my head, I could hear, okay, are you really wanting to go to prison? What's that going to do for your kids? I just realized something, by the way, that may, it makes me happy. I'm like, Larry's sitting here being really hard on a guest, and I'm 100% okay with it. And I was like, why? Why am I okay with that? Because you know your guest. And I just, no, no. I'll, you can be this way with every Christian that we have on here. And I realized that Larry acts this way to me in private. If I'm not doing something I'm supposed to for Christ, this is what I get. Mm -hmm. And I'm just happy at that. Somebody else is getting it besides <laughs> me. <laughs> well, so, so 
kind of back to the, a little bit of the backstory is again, so I grew up Southern Baptist, and again, it was probably of the churches that I had attended. Um, I remember there was about I probably at, in that time span, um, I probably went went through about four pastors, and they were all roughly the same. Cut from the same cloth, I should say. Let, let me. I want to stop you real quick because I'm going to. That's a good difference. Hold on a second. I want to bring up a Bible verse um, in line with what you're saying right now, because uh, I want to make it clear. Because Coco brought this up in his episode too, and then I read this Bible verse. It's one that I remembered um, because everybody. I, I don't want the narrative brought up, and and it's continued to be pushed that preaching about hell is always a bad thing. Um, biblically, it's not. Okay, no. Jude. Jesus no, talked no, about I it a lot, and I don't disagree. I don't disagree Jude, with that. Jude chapter one verse twenty three. It says, "And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment and stained by the, uh, the flesh." So what that means is, is some people. Some people you have are, are um, saved by fear, by fear of hell. You know what I mean? And right. then there's others that are more willing to be saved by showing them the mercy rather than the fear, the mercy of God. Some people, are like like me, personally, the mercy of God, like in how cool heaven is and stuff like that, that doesn't appeal to me at all. Like, because I can't even right. fathom... Um, how how that will be cool you know it doesn't it doesn't process well in my brain but i day i know for sure i don't want to go to hell so right. the, the fear of hell for me works for me but for zach it doesn't work for him you're not going to scare him into hell you know what i mean but me personally i don't think um the fear of hell should be blotted out of churches i know it has caused some people trauma and i and i know that it has probably been used inappropriately but I think in all cases, it's not always inappropriate. Well, I grew up in that same time. I mean, I grew up, grew up in a different time Mark frame. Mark doesn't than agree you, with me. You guys. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up in a different time frame, which he was at the end of that. Y'all guys were at the end of that. I was in the middle of all this fire and brimstone. Yours and was probably worse than that. I, I watched... Burn it, the burning hell. I was a movie in the in the seventies and eighties, and Darcy and I came across it and watched it again. And she was like, "Oh my gosh!" You ever heard of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames? It's a Broadway. No. It's a Broadway play. It's been going on since I was a little kid, and it's still. I, I looked it up this week, and it's still going on. It's a play about Broadway play. Yeah, what happens yeah, is they I don't like plays. They built these. They build these um like gates. Um, and a person will, will, they'll do this play where this person was like living this bad life or whatever. And then they go and then they die in a car crash and then they'll go before the gates and they'll be like, did you know Jesus? And they'll be like, no. And ever, and all the angels and stuff standing up on the stage will point their heads down and then the, the lights will get dark and you'll hear, and then the devil will come out and the devil will come out and they'll be screaming and they'll pull the person into hell, a depiction of hell on the stage. And, um, that's called heaven's gates and hell's flames for anybody that's listening. You can look it up. Um, it's still going on. It's like a play, but yeah, it's a very, um, I, they, um, my parents took me to that whenever I was, um, very young and that impacted me a lot. And then I don't know, I'm sitting here talking about that and I just described it to you guys in detail uh -huh. and then I'm not sure what how was, productive that would be. What was the address to 
that scripture that you looked uh, up? Jude 1, 23. But go ahead, that's Zach. Crazy. I wanted to that's break in. Kind of like every every like church play I've ever attended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know me too. <laughs> me too. But I mean, I, I grew up in that time frame where, where the, you know, it was hellfire and brimstone. And well, there's, my thing is there's more to, there's more, there was more of that and less of the glory of what God and. and oh, I agree well, completely. That's where we, I we, want to say God and Jesus. Cause Zach and I have had conversations about that before, but about what they done for me and all of mankind versus hell scary, hell scary, hell scary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it was like, tell me more. And, and that's really, and I'll be honest with you, as I remember sitting in the third pew, left side, in the middle, on my little sketch pad, because I was five and wasn't listening a lot, but pastor started talking and I got scared. So I get up whenever they start calling everybody down. I go, I'm like, I want to be safe, you know? And it scared me at five years old enough to where I'm like, I don't want to, I don't know a whole lot about what's happening and what's being said today, but I know that that, that's not cool. I don't like clowns and I don't like hell. You know, like that was me at five years old. I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely honest. There will be clowns in hell. I'm going to be completely honest. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out here because I don't think this is healthy. I've always been honest on the show and I'm going to be honest again. Everybody's probably going to get mad, but I don't care because I'm being a hundred percent real right now. Right now, my relationship with God has nothing to do with the goodness of God. It has everything to do with me not wanting to go to hell. And I don't think I disagree with that. I disagree with I that did, did from too. a viewpoint watching you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me why. Tell you why. Because you're doing this not to be afraid of hell. I don't you're want doing, other people to go doing to hell. this as being able to get the word out, which is the goodness of God. You're sharing his love through your servitude in this church. You That's greet, you do the cameras, you talk to other people. You're showing Christ's love. Yeah. It's not all, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. We grew, what he's talking about is what I grew up with, and that's everything was you're going to hell. You're going to hell if you did this. You're going to hell. There wasn't any, there was only condemnation. There wasn't any conviction. Right. I, I said in a lot of services it was awesome, and there was a lot of conviction as a child. Maybe I think about it more than what I think about the goodness then. Let me say that. I well, think about it a lot. Like I fear, I fear God more than I'm like. The oh, fear God of God loves is the me. beginning of wisdom, Zach. Yeah, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God just means reverence. It's not yes. literal. Yeah. Here's a question well, I have. I'll toss it ahead. to everyone. Um, if hell were just the grave and eternal death, so the only options you have would eternal life with Jesus or eternal death, would you be as motivated? Would I be as motivated to what? To follow Jesus? No. Really? Say that again for me. I didn't I didn't quite follow that. I asked him if if hell was merely a reference to the grave and if there were the two choices were eternal life or just dying or eternal death. Mark's saying if hell didn't exist and when you died just nothing happened, you just got destroyed, would you still be motivated as motivated as you are right now? to follow Christ. I answered, I'm truthfully, no. I, I think it would be easier for me to satisfy my flesh, my fleshly desires. 
Really? Yeah. To give because up. Because there's no consequence. Give, eternal death isn't a consequence. No, there's no consequence. There's that's not a. There's consequence people out there the, that uh, there's people out here that believe that. That yeah. believe yeah. only I'm I'm going to die. Your body's going to rot in the grave, and it's done. I might be one of them. Yeah, Mark believes that. And to me, I can't imagine any worse end. You don't think I, eternal I don't suffering end. would wanna, be worse? No, I want to be with Jesus. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I think that's, but truthfully, truthfully, I think now I still believe, I still believe there's a hell. I want to make it, I want to make mm-hmm. it clear. I do believe in hell. I believe the scripture makes it clear that there's a hell. Yeah. But I want to say this, that Mark's approach to that is probably generally more healthy and and it promotes a more healthy relationship with Jesus than mine. Because listen to what I just said, and I'm being honest. I know, I know that's not okay. I know it's not okay, but like me, are you the same way? You're the same way as me though, right? If you were a president or a ruler and you had a group of people you were trying to convince to follow you and one of them was you got two choices. You can either accept what I'm saying, believe what I'm saying, or I'm going to throw a rubber tire over your neck and light it on fire and burn you forever. Well, that was graphic. Well, let's be graphic. <clears throat> Do you think that you would get genuine love and concern, or no. would you get? I just going to do whatever this guy wants me to do to leave me alone. Yeah, this is what we're. I'm hearing in many voices of the people that come on to this podcast. But what if it's true, though? That's my problem. What if it is true? That's John, what I'm saying. God made everything, so we can't compare him to man. Yeah, and he wrote the rules. He's the big guy. So I'm not going to argue with it, but I just, it's a debatable matter. Some people say well, it's not, I don't well, know. It's interesting. Not a, it's not a one size fits all thing. It's you can't just, have a one size what, fits all what was your answer to that? Zach, if, if you, what would you be more apt to do if you just died and nothing happened rather than hell existing? Would you still follow Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, the reason I say that now is because the as I gotten older, don't get me wrong. Do I want to go to hell? Absolutely not. Do the reason why? It, let me let me kind of tell you what I'm, what I'm why I'm saying this is because I've seen a change in how children are being approached to follow Christ. My, the, the two children that I named that are on fire for Christ, they don't want to be baptized. They don't want to be, my son wants to be baptized in a white cloak, just like Jesus was when he was baptized in the Jordan River. Like he, that's awesome. He, his affinity, his, his love and desire to be with Jesus is what is drawing him to Jesus. It's not the, the scary, the scariness of hell. It's not the pain. It's not the, the eternal pain, the eternal burning, the misery that comes with hell. It's his love for Jesus. Put me in his shoes, however many years ago that was, there was very little about wanting to be with Jesus to get as far away from hell as I possibly could. What about you, Larry? What, what, what about you? What's your answer to that? If, if, hell, if, if hell didn't exist and it was just you died, would you be more apt to follow more or less apt 
to follow Jesus. I would think following Jesus just no matter what would be just whatever for you. It's a hard answer. Yeah. But truthful, what comes to my mind right now was I would still be in the world. Yeah. There wouldn't be any consequences to my actions, so why would I yeah. give a crap? And if and if but I where you're at now, you're so deeply if I'm, ingrained if I'm in it. Dead, and it, yeah, I, who cares? Then I, yeah. yeah, then I'm. That's dead. how I am. Like if so if you're just ends. gonna die at debt, then why not just do whatever the heck you want to here? Like you I just would. might as well satisfy your desires of your flesh, right? There would probably be a couple of people that I would have killed because there would not have been any there. ultimate. Not me. So you're saying that <laughs> hell hell doesn't exist, but heaven still does in this scenario? Yeah. 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 Mm, I'm, I'm saying that one. I'm saying hell exists. It's just the grave. Eternal so, death is not hell, though. Mark right. in, Mark interprets the scripture that that Sheol is just the grave, and it means that people go to death. There's no such thing as eternal torment and stuff like that. See, like mm. I I read the scripture, and it's like um, it talks about that guy that um, Lazarus or whatever, right? right. Lazarus, the rich man, and yeah. Lazarus, and then it talks about the weeping and that there's weeping and gnashing of teeth mm-hmm. that the flame burns on forever and ever. There's so many scriptures that makes me that makes me believe pretty strongly that there's well, that there's eternal life or eternal death, you know, where the, it says, and it also mentions where the worm dies not, right? you know, where their worm okay. dies not. First off, do you understand why man was kicked out of Eden after he ate the tree of knowledge, knowledge of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil, not just knowledge, okay. knowledge of good and evil. Do you know why? Because there was another tree in Eden. That tree was the tree of life. Yeah, it was to keep him from eating of the tree of right. life and becoming like God. Be, no, they wouldn't have become like God. They would have become immortal. And then sin That's in them would have become immortal. Right. So there was no way for that to be reconciled. That is why there is a place for Satan and the angels. There is no death for them. They are eternal. No, there's, there's like no the rest. It, it 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 brings up that rest is needed, but there won't be any where the, there's no rest for the wicked in hell. Oh, this is a good debate because yeah. okay, none of the sinners have eaten of the tree of life, so they're not immortal. They're not immortal. No. So if you're thrown into a lake of fire, no, no, and no, burned no, up, no, 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 this is the second death. No, be- I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand, and I, I'm, I'm sorry trying, for I'm, trying I'm to, sorry for starting this whole debate. I'm, try, I just I'm to trying to do it in a way that that's not Larryized. Okay, <laughs> you, your that. flesh is not mortal, but your spirit is immortal. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why that is such a uh, issue between you know on Adam and Eve. God created Adam to be man, but to be in the garden. It still comes down to he knew that they needed a choice. At that particular time, they didn't have a choice. They were just in communion with God all the, all the time. I mean, I think it's pretty cool that God walked among the uh, among the paths in, in the Garden of Eden during the afternoon. You know, hey, that's pretty pretty cool. I'd love to be you know, walking hand in hand with God in the flesh, you know. Um, and they lived a lot longer back then, remember, because God was populating the earth. There, That particular space in between there, all right, is 
why would he make something that didn't have an eternal ramification to it? There, he did this in a manner to where there is a reward for following and seeking after it. Eternal life. Exactly. But the eternal life part had to be separated from the tree. The di- I, got, I don't know the difference between that, but I do know that the demons and Satan are eternal. They're not temporary. So there has to be a place for, their, for them to go when God is finished messing with all of this stuff. All right, and when he turns the when he you know destroys the earth and he real rebuilds the earth and he rebuilds Jerusalem, and it is his. Well, the reason that the heavens have to be re, rebuilt as well is because Satan walked among them, right? So there was sin in heaven at this point. Yeah, I think the it's new a- heavens and the new earth will be without sin because there will not be any sin through yeah. the absence of Satan. I do appreciate you asking that question, though. I do. Like, I, it, it is because it made me think that, like, I just really think it's not it's not a healthy relationship. But you still, at the end of the day, the last question you got to ask is, what what is the truth? What's the truth? We got to know what the truth is, you well, know, but. You either believe in the sovereignty and power and authority of your God, or you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I believe in the saving grace of Jesus. That's what I know. And I, whatever he's saving me from, I'm grateful for. <laughs> Would he be saving us from anything if there wasn't eternal damnation? Of course he would. Would he? Yes. Well, to Mark, Mark doesn't like the idea of um, just not existing, I guess. It, that scares him. I don't like the idea of existing outside the arms of my God. Every day that I'm here, I cry out in the evening, please come. I'm tired of this place. Yeah. And I don't even. What time are we crying out tonight? Because I cry that out pretty much every day. I don't don't want it. I don't like it. I don't. I got a job to do here. I want to be with Jesus. And. But that goes into what I was saying, you know, like, I don't want to be scared of hell i want to be with jesus i want to know more about his glory right. you're, you're saying you want to be with him not away from hell it's really exactly. cool that we have we literally have four people that's in this discussion right now that experiences life in different ways and Absolutely. nothing that's nothing's wrong with that man we, <laughs> we we've got to get to know each other and figure out you know but we still we got to seek after the truth man because the truth it's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. And the what truth. is truth? What, God what's is the truth. one truth that matters? The one truth. Yeah. Je- well, Jesus is the truth. Yeah, that's right. What so he just said at the end of the day. Yeah. At the Je- end of the day, that's, that's what matters. Jesus yeah. became sin for us. Yeah. That's what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I get it. But that's cool. why I wanted to bring up this Jude um, Bible verses because it's talking about the different ways that experience people experience life. Like you could go up to the wrong person and just threaten them with hell or the fear of God. And that will push them further away from God. That's true. Or you can go up with with the glory of them and it pushes them away. You know what I mean? So like there's a different approach for everyone. And that's why I think it's, it's better to get to know someone before you start saying hell or, well, I, I do agree. And I, and I do think that, that, they didn't quite go at it the right way back in the day, you know, but they did lead people to the Lord. 
Yeah. All right. Even, even through all of that, even through the fact that I grew up in an all, I still wandered away because of my flesh, knowing without a doubt the punishment that I would suffer if I, if I died. And yet I, I still had the earmuffs in so that I couldn't hear the Holy spirit. Zach, let me, you got a, you got a new baby coming. You got your company, you got everything going right now. If you could have one wish of wish one wish or one, one thing that you could snap your fingers and happen right now in your character, instead of having to work on it, what would it be? What's, what's the type of man that you want to be that you see yourself in five years? What's the describe the man that you want to be in five years from now? Wholesome. I want to be wholesome. I want to know who I am. That's what I want to be. I want to be the man who knows who he is, who knows what he wants, who you said one wish, not a wish, not a wish. I, I, that's why I kind of bounced off of that. Cause we don't wish as Christians. Um, we pray and believe that we have already received it, but yeah. <clears throat> If you could, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you could just look at the man that you were in five years from now, and that's the man you want to be, who would it be? Who do you, who do you want to be? How do you see yourself as a father? How do you see yourself as a business owner, as a leader? What do you want to be in five years? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I know that's kind of a, your answer, but I want to be wholesome. I want to, I want to feel confident and, and, and true to myself. Your, you know, your and, identity is in Christ. That's how you have to find out who you are. You said you want to know who you are. Right. Right. Your identity is in Christ. That's how so, you find it. Just let me, let me explain this to you guys. You know, um, and I don't know if, if any of you guys would would kind of relate to this, but so I told you I was baptized and saved at five years old. Now, as I've gotten older, I have no idea what kind of commitment I made at five years old. You know, mm-hmm. I've made a commitment to eating an entire sleeve of Oreos at five years old, and I did it, you know. <laughs> but at, at, when you're talking about eternal life, how can a five-year-old commit to that? Correct. Um, fully. And so as I've gotten older and, you know, I have rededicated in my early to late teens, I rededicated again because this was a thing to do is rededicate at in my early 20s. None of those years was I a grown man. And when I say grown man, I'm talking mental capacity was never a grown man. As a grown man now, the way I look at Christianity and the way it's been taught to me, I should say, is everyone has a place in Christianity. God has a calling for you. God has a place for you. God's going to utilize you. God, you know, for instance, you three are running this ministry as, and this, this is what God's calling to you was. Um, I do believe everybody has a calling. However, don't, don't kill me. But I don't believe everyone has a calling in the ministry. Um, I feel like there's ministry and then there's examples. And 
Oh, Zach, what you're saying is extremely biblical. It says that in the Bible, that not everybody. Yeah. Yeah. In oh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Well, it, it says, you know, some people are called to give, just just right. to give. Others are called to encourage. You know, others well, it, are called to be actual in in the ministry. Anyway, go ahead. Well, and that's the thing for me is that I was always of the belief, because this is how I was taught, and this is kind of what this is kind of what really scared me away from really opening up and having any, any of those discussions of, of, about being saved and about being a follower of Christ is for me, it was always taught that as a follower of Christ, your token is to go lead someone else to Christ. And for me, I'm nowhere near ready to be that guy. Nowhere near. And I feel like I, if in order for me to lead anybody, I need to know where I'm going. And so, yeah, exactly. And, that's down on so, the bathroom floor. That's what I call it. Um, that's um, I, I I used to pray on my bathroom floor. You were saying something, then I was laughing how you rededicated your life when you're in your teens and stuff. And I was like, I've probably rededicated myself to the Lord twenty times on my bathroom floor since you've known me. Like right. I mean, and so for me. I don't want a rededication. I want a final dedication. And, and the reason why I do struggle is because not only am I trying to find my life, my path, but I'm also trying to find my reason within Christianity. You know, as a, you look at my, my immortal self, you know, I, I know my, my, where I'm at, I'm doing what I love. Have you asked God to show you? not out loud internally internal dialogue yes i have well wherever you pray at that's i mean i know i know god well enough now that i know it's a scary thing because it's going to get scary but if you if you tell god to show you he's gonna he's going to i know that for sure you know there was times there was times in my life where i was you know because I, I love kids i've i've coached basketball for many years coached softball um i i love kids and obviously for a while, I, was like, I was like uh you know i was I'm probably going to be a youth minister just because really that stems from my, my early experience in church was not pleasant in my mind. And I want kids to in, enjoy and get enjoy the education that came from getting to know Christ, not being, the, not being scared out of hell, but to getting to know Christ and, all the glory that comes with him, all all the things that he's done for us and continues to do for us you on could, a daily basis. You could do both. You know that, right? Like what you're doing now and do that. You could do both. It could happen if, if God wills it that you, right he's going to get it. Right now, right now I cannot because I've got to find my light in my, in my relationship with Christ. Yeah. And that's where kind of what spurned this for me to even reach out to say I would mind talking is there it's hard to find that for a, a lot of people, you know, maybe and, you should listen to the intro of this show. That's, I talked about that. I mean, kind of in line with this, how, um, I always noticed that like whenever I was a Christian, like when you know, knew me, when you told me that you never would have known I was a Christian, 
there was times that when we knew each other, I was praying on my bathroom floor to God. I was having spiritual dreams, and you you never knew it. Like I was having visions and everything else, and you still never knew I was a Christian. And I was sitting there praying. Um, but when you have these ebbs and flows in Christianity, um, the only way that you sustain and you survive is getting into a church, a, a Holy Spirit-led church that will help you grow in your relationship with Christ because you're either dying or, or you're either growing or you're waning. There's no neutral in this battle. There is no neutral. You're either growing in your relationship with your Christ, with Christ or you're losing. Like there is no chilling out in the middle. So, um, I, I lived a long period of my life chilling out in the middle. Yeah. What kind of what I hear Zach saying is I can't give away. I feel like, that one of the prerequisites of Christianity is the Great Commission. I can't even bring myself to do that because I can't give away something I haven't got. Yeah. Which is how can I talk passionately about a relationship with Christ Jesus and what he's done for me when I'm currently not experiencing that yeah. reality? Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's about Zach. Zach knows, Zach knows me. And now this is a, you call it a character trait or a character flaw. But no matter what I do, when I decide to do something, oh, I run I, I run through that wall 120 miles an hour. Yes, sir. I know I, I'm not I'm not jogging, I'm not walking, I'm not skipping. I take off. Takes them a long and, time to make that decision though, sometimes. And, I mean, I don't know how many times I've had a conversation with Zach and he's like, You can't keep kicking the can down the road. Right. Well, well in this in this particular situation is I've been led astray so many times throughout my my Christian faith that I refuse to be that to someone else. Yeah. And so Good call. in order in order for me to do that, I need to have all my ducks in a row before I give anybody advice. I mean, Zach works with me hand in hand. We're both in the same industry. And I'm passionate about what I do. I'm very knowledgeable about what I do. And there's been many occasions where he and I butted heads about certain things. And this is not an ego thing, but I came out correct in the end because I did my homework. I I go off half cocked. (laughs) And, and for me, I'm not going to do that because, you know, I know it's kind of weird to compare Christianity with roofing, but if I go out and I give somebody false information, who do I, who, who answers for me? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and on the flip side, there is a very ominous presence out there that is fighting and combating against Christianity on a daily basis. Yeah. I feel it. Trust me. I know. Soon as I give someone false information, which a lot of Christians, a lot of, a lot of things could be skewed differently as you're reading the Bible. I mean, the four of us can read the same verse and, and take four different interpretations of it. That's what I'm saying. You know? Like you can't sit there and like we, like me, we, I respect these guys in here a lot, but we have different views on things. You saw it here today. Um, you, you got to right. understand even Paul talked about that, that. You can't really sit there and, and kill each other over disputable matters. You know what I mean? Like you guys, What are we here for? Are we here to lead people to Christ? Okay, great. Then don't sit here and fight the whole time. Like you saw how we handled that. We, we disagree with something like, 
there's probably going to be people in the comments that's like, Mark shouldn't be allowed on the show anymore. Exactly. You know, and the, and the answer is going to be, Mark's not going anywhere. That's that's what right. the answer is going to be. Um, you have to constantly question what is being said and what is what you. Yeah, that, if you're not, I don't think that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I respect. Um, I respect differences. It's fine, man. We can talk about it. You can talk about it. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody right. chill, you know. But, but you can't was- sit there and and wait until you have all the answers because spoiler alert. You're never going to have all the answers. You're never going to have all the right. answers. I respect that you want to have all your ducks in a row. I respect that because you don't well, want to lead people conviction. astray. That's my conviction is whenever I became, whenever, whenever I, whenever I finally laid everything out there and I'm like, I'm going to be a follower of Christ. I believe in my Lord. Whenever that happened growing up in the Southern Baptist, Sorry for the generalization again, but growing up in that faith, it was an immediate amount, like an immense amount, an immediate immense amount of pressure to now go pick up my cross and lead someone else to Christ. Yeah. And that's like telling a surgeon who just passed a test on an exam or a, a, a guy in, 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 I don't know, doctor school. I don't know exactly what that is, but the guy's studying to become a physician. As soon as he passes his final exam, he's picking up a scalpel and go perform open heart surgery. Oh, Zach, I I like what you're sh- sharing here, but you sound like a perfectionist. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I want to tell you, I just want to warn you against that because there's really only one message, and it's very, very simple. Jesus says, my burden is light if you believe in me you'll have eternal life. And there's really only one message. So you, you, you can have a relationship with God, be not perfect in that area. And still, I understand exactly what you're talking about. You're not responsible for somebody else's life. And then what happens after you get them in the boat, they still have free will. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's God's job. I want to say something too. Hold on. Were you ready? Whenever this ministry started, when God called you to do this ministry, were you ready? Uh, this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Was I ready? No. no. I remember I remember the I first, ready. when Mark first came on, and I first told Mark, he was standing right over there, and he was walking that way, not looking at me, and I told him we had a Satanist coming on. And I literally had to pull the daggers out of my throat that he shot me from his eyes when he turned around and looked at me. He said, well, you're having a what? on this show, Mark wasn't prepared for this. Not Mark didn't know for a while whether he was going to come from week to week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mark didn't well, know if he was going to be here because Mark has a past in in that background and upbringing and he escaped it and he feels uncomfortable coming back into it, you know, and ministering to those type of people. And Can, can I ask y'all a question about that? Uh-huh. The lives that y'all lived whenever you all decided to do the podcast. Okay. How you were off camera with this ministry, was it, was it a life to be proud of that you can lead from? That's a great question. That really is. Yeah. And I could, I think that it would be better that we answer that from a different point of view. In other words, not a self-evaluation. Because it would be better for Zach to tell you how I was before this podcast. 
and it would be better for me to tell Mark how he was before this podcast. And Mark could tell you a little bit about me. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, no, not, not in the past. I mean, we are, none of us have anything to be proud of. About no, I'm, I'm talking about immediately before. Yeah. Okay. Immediately before there. I think uh, you're better now than when we started. He, it. What he's, what, what he's asking is, are we living what we're talking? I'm proud of who, like, I think you were, yes, I think you were living a holy life when we started the podcast. And I know Mark and I clicked immediately and he, he struggled, but he did, he, he gave me encouragement when you came on, you were young, you were, you know, and there were a lot of things that I I would go home and take deep breaths and, and pray for you. We've all grown. I I think what I hear Zach is saying, Zach, you know, it, I, uh, Man, I'm seriously identifying with a lot of the stuff you say. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because I did like uh, 13 years. I, I worked a 12-step program, got a relationship with God, slowly turned my wife life around by acting different. Not only was I thinking different, I had to put some policies into place in my life that even helped change my thinking more because I had to act my way into better living. I don't know if that makes sense. But I, I did those things, and I built a relationship with God. So, yeah, if you took me back 13 years ago, no, no, I would not be able to do this podcast. I would have nothing to offer, no texture, no th- then versus now, no wisdom. Um, all I would have was where I was at in the world at that point, which I wasn't happy spiritually with myself. And I knew I couldn't talk to others about it. So I don't know if that answers. Yeah. All of us here are Christians who have picked themselves up out of the dirt, brushed themselves off, committed their life to the Lord. I'll say it this way. We committed, we made the decision to commit our life to the Lord. Then we picked ourselves up, dusted ourselves off with the help of the Lord and made those conscious choices to change the direction of our life. Repentance is asking for forgiveness and turning away from turning that's a definition from. of right. turning away from. And if you don't have a turning away from, then you don't have a truthful Christian walk. Okay. Let's do, let's do the rounds real quick. Oh, there's too many verses. Cause we're at one four. We're, we're, <laughs> we're at about one forty. Um, so let's do the rounds real quick. I so like talking everybody. to this kid. Let's just go for another two hours. Yeah. I mean, we can, but the batteries might die. Mark, go ahead. Oh, Zach. I mean, uh, I, I, everything you said resonated to my 30 and frankly, early forties self, um, totally understand where you're at. Uh, effectively from what I've heard, you were just taught number one, your idea of, man, you know what? I really don't want to be motivated like this. I don't want to think of my God as cruel. And then, uh, which that, you know, is a religious construct. But, you know, I could talk about that all day. But um, that and then the fact of, you know, I'm not quite there. And if I'm not quite there, then I'm not quite there. I don't want to act like, you know, I'll go and show up, but. I don't feel like I've got that relationship. So, um, you know, I, all I kept thinking during this whole thing was, um, uh, well, uh, what worked for me was a rock bottom. 
<laughs> losing my family, losing my house. Mark, you better quit calling these rock bottoms on people. Right, right. and I'm not calling that on anybody. Um, I don't want that for anyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah but that's what works for you. Yeah. That's what works for you. Yeah, I, I, I want uh, people to have, you know, low bottom experiences, you know, where they, where they finally say, I give up. You know, and then that's, that's fundamentally what it came down to was I ran out of plans. I didn't have any plans anymore. Everything that I'd done just ran right up against failure. And, uh, it was at that point where I was like, well, I, you know, I've always known everything that taught, that was taught me, you know, there was some fundamental real truth about that. I've always felt God. So I guess I'm going to turn to him. And that's when I sat all the way down at church. And uh, so it's been great talking to you. Thanks for sharing your story. Larry? Thank you, Mark. When I first came back to the church, it was really, in all honesty, my thought process was to be able to give my mother an opportunity at the end of her life to come to church. I sat on the back row, and I didn't get involved. I sat on the back row, and then God aggravated me to no end with the people in front of me using their phones and the little kids running around and every distraction under the sun. So I moved to the other side of the church. That didn't help that much. Then I started moving closer to the front. I have no distractions, you know. But here's the thing. You move to the front of the church, you're involved, bro. You're involved. Um, I owe the Lord so much that there is no way that my human existence could ever repay him. Amen. I don't have, I mean, he doesn't need money. He doesn't need, you know, cars or anything like that. What he needs is somebody that's willing to speak for him. And I'm not a pastor, but I'm a minister. I am called to speak to people in the street. I'm, and I'm not talking about the guy standing on the corner yelling and screaming verses. But every time I fill up, my truck, I'm looking around at people and I'm like, Hey, what church you go to? Yeah. You know, Hey, even if it's just being nice to somebody and taking their grocery cart back, I'm acting out the love of Christ. It doesn't have to be huge. It just has to be something that I want them to see Christ on me. And that takes an action from me. Uh, to answer your question on one thing, first Corinthians, 1227 read that later okay write that down Say that um, again. first first Corinthians 1227 yeah okay. 27 tells you about you know uh, here are some of the parts of the uh, that here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church okay sure. all right um I had so many verses on this thing <laughs> For God chose, this is uh, second, First Thessalonians 5, 9. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. God wants each and every one of us to be able to reach out to him. He gave us every avenue that we can. He's not asking you to be perfect upon coming to him he's not asking you to be perfect while you're with him he knows that this is we're in the flesh and we fight and battle everything under the sun he knows that he gives us the strength to make things right when you have conviction of the holy spirit to guide you 
it gives you advantage over your own flesh. I may not realize something I've said offends somebody, but the Holy Spirit comes upon me and gives me conviction and says, hey, Zach, I'm really sorry for talking about, you know, talking to you a little bit rougher than I probably should have. You know, I mean, that's what the Lord does for me because I can be caught up in my own and not be able to see, you know, caught up seeing your speck and not my boulder. Yeah. I walk from a hurt side. I I can let Satan beat me up over all the things that I didn't do right with my kids and I can I I can allow that to happen or I can say I am a new creature in Christ. And I can do all things through him because he strengthens me. And Amen, for brother. and with God nothing's impossible. Nothing stands outside of his ability to be able to do. Does it stand outside my ability? Yes, every bit of it. Am I going to be perfect in this walk? No. Even in the place that you are in, Zach, you can be a witness for the Lord. I hate to admit this, but there were several conversations that I had in the bar drinking a drink about God. Yeah, same. And the fundamentals of the Lord and the fact that he loves you and he died for you. But that was a seed that perhaps God needed that person here at that particular time because that particular person was seeking. And the only vessel that he could find was you. I talked about starting a Christian website um, completely trashed with a drunk guy. And then he ended up doing it. And I ended up starting a website, too, based off of a drunken idea. It's pretty amazing when God does use us. Bible verse? Where's your Bible verse? Uh, My other Bible verse is, well, first off, you know what Hebrews 11.1 says, right? That's that's about the discipline of children? No. No? No. Oh, that's faith. I haven't read the new one. Hold on. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. I know people will tell you all day long that you can't prove God exists. You're right, but I don't have to because I believe in it. Mm-hmm. I believe in it, and so my faith is in confidence, not confidence, not self-confidence. He has a T-shirt that says that. I actually do, but the, the point is that I can still remain confident that God controls this earth. And because I was raised in the ways of the Lord, I have that embedded into my heart. That was another one that I was going to read. But um, on Hebrews 10, 26, it says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. That in itself says that we're we're not going to scrape by. You know, we're not going to be able to say one thing and act another. We need to be focused completely on the Lord, and He He can take. You know, there there's there's something just came to my mind. There there is an example about putting the yeast in the bread. You know what leavened bread is and unleavened bread, right? You need unleavened bread because there is no yeast in it. If you put yeast in it, it's leaven. A little bit of yeast goes a long way to make dough, right? Okay. 
Okay. I don't, I don't know that. Yeast, <laughs> yeast is what causes it to, to swell. <laughs> to okay. rise. Okay. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of yeast to make that happen. It blends everything together. Anyway, why can't – now, in the, in the way the Bible talks about, you don't want to be – or, you know, you don't want yeast in because it corrupts the bread. All right? But why can't we be the yeast to the world? It should take a little bit of us to go a long way out there. Yeah. Absolutely. And all it takes is a mustard seed. That's how small amount of faith it takes. So you already have that, Zach. You already have that. You've already expressed it. Quit trying to be the whole loaf of bread. Yep. My turn. Love you, Zach. Love that, Larry. And I appreciate you coming on. That and was... I, come again because, man, I could do this all day with you. You actually listen. I think I think subconsciously, um, you know, I, I think subconsciously I'm watching an internal spiritual battle with you right now. I think I see you about to submit to your purpose with God, and I see that uh, our mutual enemy is aware of that, and he's trying to stop you because whatever it is is probably pretty great, which is really cool. Um, and I'll be here on the other side helping you, helping you get there whenever it's time. Um, one thing I want you to know is that whenever God does call you, to that point that no matter where you're at, God knows exactly who he called and he knows exactly where you are when he called you. So you don't even have to think about that. You don't even have to worry about that. You don't have to say, okay, God called me here. You don't have to say, um, I'm not ready. I'm not here yet or anything else because nor was any of us ready when God called us. There's a lot of people in the Bible that wasn't ready. Jonah, Jonah, when he called him to preach at Nineveh, Jonah didn't even want to do that. In fact, so much that God had to do a bunch of weird stuff um, to get him there. Um, Gideon, whenever he, uh, God called Gideon, Gideon wasn't sure that it was even God talking to him. He was like, surely you're not doing this. That's way too many people for me to... Gideon wasn't sure he would... Moses wasn't ready. Moses said, are you sure I can talk about it? Even after all this stuff, Moses thought God had the wrong guy. Um, Paul, not very well spoken. None of these guys were ready. But whenever you're called, God knows exactly who he's calling and he knows exactly where you're at Man. whenever he's calling you. So all you have to do is say yes and that you're willing. You don't even have to think about all that other stuff. You don't have to think about am I ready or anything. The answer is no, you're not ready. But with God, you are. With uh, God is ready. That's what you got to know is God is ready. Yeah. And so when you get called, you just got to step forward and go. And something's, something's fixing to happen. And I think the hard part is, is knowing that life will get harder when you say yes. That's, that's the one thing that I can guarantee you is life will get harder um, when you say yes. But it's, it's also more worth it. We, so. we are to encourage each other. Right. Well, I'm that's not going to BS him either. That part's not well, that how about encouraging. Saying, how about saying it like this? You will be attacked by the evil one. Yeah, because he's already he wants right to now. keep your game piece off the board, but you'll be given everything you need. Yeah, to survive yeah. those and thrive. True. I mean, I'm still here. I'm the biggest wuss out of all of us, so I'm still here. I'm still here kicking. I disagree with that, but okay. But I, it it is what it is. You know, like you you've known me for a long time now, and you've you've seen um, differences in me. You've seen me change, and I believe I'm going to see that in you even bigger. And I actually agree with you. I think you'd be great in a youth ministry. I'd like to see that. And um, you've got Larry's phone number right now. I'm sure like 
you're not going to call me for like advice in this stuff. We've known each other too long. We've known, known each other's too, but, um, we have great conversations. Yeah, but we could have good, great. But if you ever need to talk, uh, absolutely. I know Larry would yeah, say reach yeah. out and call me, man. No, he, he would love to talk to you. And I'm being serious too. Like I, I didn't even have to ask him if that was okay yeah. first, but Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are, and are called according to his purpose for them. He sounded like that guy off men in black. When he read that, that Tommy Lee Jones guy Tommy Lee together Jones, for really? the purpose for those who love God. He did sound like him, didn't he? <laughs> okay, anyway, Zach, um, we're at two hours. We're all done here. The floor is yours. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I will say a couple things. Um, for me, the I am in the dusting myself off phase to Larry's analogy earlier. That is where I'm at currently. Um, I'm trying to find the light i'm cutting branches i'm looking for the the light the path of which i i am going to be taking i'm trying to see what god's showing me in a nutshell um i'll say this um the enemy coming after me that's anticipated not concerned i'm i'm more afraid of disobeying god and not doing what is right in his eyes um, those, that's where I'm at with it. The enemy doesn't scare me. Um, now what I will say is there is a lot of, a lot of things happening in my life where God is showing me on a daily basis, how much he's working. You know, I've got a couple of coworkers who are, who have been very much out of touch for a long time. And even them, they, they are finding their path they are finding their light they are coming closer to god every single day um i will say earlier um i i i do understand mark's point where he says i'm a perfectionist yes in this particular situation i'm not trying i'm not seeking perfection i'm seeking to be capable you know and my outward projection of how i am how people perceive me is I'm more concerned about that than being able to take up a, to to not take up a Bible and quote scripture, because there's the enemy has tons of soldiers out here that can quote the Bible in 13 different languages and know it frontwards and backwards way better than I ever will. Right. I want to be the example. I want to be the light. I want to be the reason someone puts their faith in. Or put not. I don't want them to put their faith in through me. I want them to be able to find their path because Zach did it, and he is a he is a beacon for Jesus. You want to lead by example. That's what I want to be. I, I I'm not going to be able to ever quote the Bible in Hebrew. Not going to be able to. But I want to be able to be like Christ, not be Christ. Be like Christ. And to the point where he he is exuding himself through me, and that is where I am currently dusting myself off to be closer to him in that life. There so, you go, man. Okay, I, I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Y'all. I loved it, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, love you guys. Love bye. you, love bye. you too. I get I get what he's saying now. By he wants to figure out who he is. I get that. 
and I was saying his identity was in Christ. I get what he's saying now. Like he, he's saying that, like I look at, so I look at Pastor Gary, and we all know that as for me, my role model probably is Pastor Gary, right? We can all say that pretty safely. I look up to him. That would be a safe one. I could look, I look up to him and what he does and stuff like that. But there's certain things he does that I'll never be. Like when he starts talking about those timelines of Israel and all these mount that Mount Sinai and 1944.3, you know, and all this history stuff, I look at that and I say, well, I kind of want to be like Pastor Gary. I want to be the man he is. I want to be the example he is. But there's some things that he does that does not, it's not going to fit with my ministry in person. And you can't sit there and try to fit a square peg in a round hole. Like, yes, I do want to model myself after the man that Pastor Gary is and how he leads people. But there's certain things about about how he does things that's not going to fit well with my personality and my learning style. Right? Right. I I feel like, um, uh, and I'm putting words in Zach's mouth, but I feel like Zach fundamentally just said in a very roundabout way, there's something I'm willing to not give up right now. You think so? Yeah. He, he's, he, he says that he's going to be, how'd the podcast start? Um, church on Sunday, Christian. He's, there's just something in between him and God. He knows, and he likes it a little more then he wants a relationship with God. Maybe, maybe. And he'll get there. He'll get there. He'll get, there's something that needs to be a little piece that needs to be broken. Yeah. In there. And, uh, you know, I get that. I mean, I've, I've, I totally related to what he said because I've lived a period of life and, you know, talking about the age that he's at, I was really right about there, you know, actually I was much worse, but I get that. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, and I, I have this feeling in my heart. It's like, dude, it's what you do that turns you into that. You can't think or study your way into it. Yeah. You have to get up out of your home. You have to go to a church. You have to consistently do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. You have to connect yeah. with people. That's where the change comes through. It's action. That's what the Bible means about faith without works is dead. Yeah. If you don't practice what you believe, pretty soon you won't believe it anymore. I remember I used to get asked the question all the time whenever I'd been running for like four years, and they'd be like, you run, you've run, you ran a thousand miles every year for the past four years. How do you stay motivated? And I had never thought about that. I was like, oh, you don't. They're like, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't say, but well, well, then why do you do it? I was like, you've got to teach yourself. It's called discipline. You've got to teach yourself to do something even when you don't feel like doing it. Something you know you need to do. And that's the thing mm. none of us like to do. And as each generation, as we're watching Western society continues, people absolutely are not interested in that at all. Yeah. I, there's times I don't want to come to church. I'm not like Larry. There's times I don't want to come to church. I'd rather just sit at home and play my farm simulator, you know, I mean, on my phone. But there's times where I'm discouraged. Look at Larry. Look at Larry going, there, there, what? There farm time. simulator. There, no, farm simulator. Farm. <laughs> yeah, Man, you can, look, dude, you you can pull farm. up wheat and stuff. You there, go do it yourself out there in the real world. Nah, Listen, it's funner on my no, phone. No, there is a lot of difference between I I have to go to church or I want to go to church. 
I've never been disappointed for going to church. That's there's, for sure. Like, but there's an attitude that you take, and it starts with, "I want to go to church," or "I get to go to church." You, ne- I need to. That's where uh, I know I need to go to church. For me, it started with, "I have to go to church." Mm. I've never been. I have to go to church. I grew up ever. and I have to. I've then, never. Well, when I was young, in yeah, life, it yeah. morphed into I want to go to church. It's more I need to go to church. That's where I'm at. Like I need to go yeah, to well, church. See, there's a I lot, know I need to. Exactly. Just like running, I know I need to. Because guess what? Zach eats eight thousand calories a day. Like and breathing. If you don't run, you're gonna get super fat. <laughs> then when you won't be running, you'll be rolling. Yeah. Yeah. You I'm behind to, pushing. I weighed two thirty five before, Bubba, and I don't want to give you that ammo. That's no, for sure. I, I will push you down those hills. I'll quit this podcast before I weigh two thirty five right. on here in front of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> the fat jokes that would come with that, man. But now, I do not, I do not demean people purposely. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. I had to too. say that because I have accidentally, but I think it's okay if we're a little harder on Christians. You know, I think it's a, it, we can handle them a little differently. Don't you agree? Because that, that, he was our first one that we've had on the show like that. That was a Christian that just really kind of just hanging in there, you know, not really doing much with it. You know, thank you, Lord. The judge not least you be judged. That is true. We are not to judge the non-believer. Yeah. Because that's not our place. And with the same measure that you use will be measured back to you. But you just you're not really judging okay. him either. You're just not, you know no, what he needs to ju- do. I'm not judging him. But we are to have the ability to speak into someone which sounds a lot like judging when it is a Christian. We are to step up and say, Listen, brother, you ain't doing right. Yeah. Okay. You, Especially you when need you're help a man. on there. Um, we, when you're a man in all these leadership positions, like you need to have a root in God. Like you need to be the leader of your family. That's if, the if big you don't deal. have a root in God, you don't need to be in leadership of anybody. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I mean, every man like like being a dad's a big deal, man. Like well, being that, a husband's a big deal. That's what I respect about Zach because he's saying I'm not there. Yeah, I'm not there. Therefore, I'm not going to stand up and be a hypocrite because yeah. we've seen yeah, what but, happens in in many churches where there's wolves in sheep's clothing. They're, oh, yeah. They're not there. They but, want the position so bad that they're willing to be wrong and mislead people for the position. He's not willing to but do that. If you're if you are of that mindset, Satan can use that to keep you from being active. If yeah. David would have had that same mindset, he never would have stepped on the battlefield with a sling. That was my totally thought too. Agree. Okay, my concern have, is that he's Satan's got him tricked that he'll he's never going to be ready, and then he's always in the state of well, I'm just going to stay here rather than acting because the point was none of us were ready for this. No, no, we weren't. We were all biting but, off more than what we could chew. But it's not faith if you know the outcome. Yeah, it's it's not acting in faith if you know where everything's going. It's not acting in faith if you can rely on your own abilities to do things. You know, yeah, it doesn't glorify God. No. Right. I sit down sometimes. Listen, I'm, I'm, I, I want no glory for the devotionals because I don't deserve any glory. I sit down some mornings. I don't have a thought in my head, and I start off with bringing up the way I do, and then I start off with because it starts that way every morning. Good morning, brothers. You do that seven days a week, by the way? I Pretty much every day. I missed a couple here and there. But your intention is to do it seven days yes. a week. Nice. 
because seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I, I'm, I'm not worried about what's added because I'm not, I'm Matthew 34, 634 says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has its own worries. I'm only worried about today because I may not make it to the end of today. The rapture could happen. I could be in a car wreck and die. I only need to worry about today and I need to make my spirit make sure that my spirit and my soul is focused on Christ so that I am completely ready to go. Yeah. I've got my bags packed and I'm, you know, I'm ready to head to the airport. It's you know, a, you can kind of say it deal. that way. It's a big deal to you. And to me. And, yes. And I know that's why, that's why I, I think it's a big deal too. And but, that's why I was letting, like, that's why I wanted you to show that passion to Zach because I agree with you. I agree that it's a big deal. But on the devotionals, there are so many times that I sit down there and I'm like, I don't know what to do after I say good morning, brother. I don't know. And then the Lord will give me a word and I'll start with that word. Most, most of the time I start with that word and then out flows all of this stuff that the Lord wants me to put down. And I, and then I'm like this and then, okay, all right, well, I know I need verses, right? Because, you know, it's a devotional, right? And then the Lord points out certain things that have been written and said that correlates with a verse, and he gives me the verse to go look up. Yeah. Now I got to find it. 51 episodes in here. Do you think I've you think I've always had questions to ask people? And I've been like, you know how many times I've, like, I've gotten to a point where I start thinking in Zach's brain and I'll get a lump in my throat when I'm talking to people. And I'll go, oh, no, I don't have anything to say. And then next thing you know, I wake up. It's the end of the show. Like, and I've learned, too, when I get that little lump in my throat, that I'll just like, I'll just be like, nope, God, God's got this. And I won't worry about it because it truly is God running the show. Well, like, God gives me very little instruction for, for Zach to, to either obey or not. And then Zach just kind of, or then God just kind of runs this Yes. Thing. Definitely. You know, it's, I mean, we come in here, Mark and I are on more faith than you because 95% of the people you have brought in here without any help from Mark or, or myself. And so you have something. We walk in here with not knowing if it's male or female. I mean, we yeah, don't, don't know what nothing, we're facing. Yeah. So there's mm -hmm. no prep. There's no, there's no concern about it. We both have a reliance on God that we will be yep. allowed and oftentimes these scriptures are given to me before I get here. Yeah. You notice the ones I read, I'd already had I marked. Saw, I saw him highlighted. It's a brand I was new like, Bible. I was like, he's, yeah, it's, that's what I thought earlier. I was like, that's a new Bible. He's highlighting them for today or whatever. But, yeah, uh, but that's yeah. before we ever walk in here, God's already given me the verses needed because he's yeah. already been here. He stands outside of time. He's before God is, God was, and God always will be. Yeah. He has already been there. He already knows where Zach is going in his life. He already knows what it's going to take to get Zach there. All right. He yeah. already knew what it was going to take for me to come here. That lump in my throat is, is that brief second of losing trust is taking my eyes off Jesus and starting to sink in the water. That's what that lump is. But then remembering why we're here and how we're here and then moving forward and grabbing his hand and him pulling us out of the water. That's what yeah. it is. Like, because exactly. if I was here on my it's own power, moment. this show would suck. <laughs> 
can agree. <laughs> so anyway, we're late. We got to get out of here. So oh, I know, um, but I'm so looking forward to next week. It's next week, episode fifty two. It is. It we've been doing this a year, dude. A year. Next week, we. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we have a very special episode. We're. It's going to be just me, Mark, and Larry, and we're going to be sitting here talking about our experience on the show and talking about past memories. So I'm excited for it. Say your thing. Jesus loves you, and so do I. I love you guys. Thank you for watching and listening. We are out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.